Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian, online training and nutrition coach, and owner of James Robert Fitness. You can find more of my content by going to my website, fitamputee.co.uk. But before we get started with today's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners. And if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And on today's show, I've got Cheryl Meyer. She has read like a fiend, has gone back to school to become a certified health coach through IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She has tried dozens of different things in her own journey to a healthier, happier life. She has researched all of the triggers of inflammation and autoimmune disease. and She is also the author of It Feels Good to Feel Good, Learn to Eliminate Toxins, Reduce Inflammation and Feel Great Again. So welcome on to the show, Cheryl. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So before we delve into today's topic, Cheryl, can we go back to how you started your journey to health in the first place? Well, I started my journey because I woke up one morning and everything in my body hurt from head to toe, every muscle, every joint. Um, I got out of bed finally. I went to the doctor. She ran some tests. And she called me and said, nothing's wrong with you. And said, obviously, something's wrong with me. I hurt. So I went back for more tests. And I went back a third time for tests. And finally, she said to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's in your head. But I'm going to give you steroids. I'm not going to take steroids. If you don't know what's wrong with me, I know something's wrong with me, so I'm going to start researching and I'll figure it out. So I had my own jewelry business. I turned it over to my staff and I started researching. And the net result was I figured out to eliminate hundreds of toxins from my food. And in that journey, I lost the pain. And I found something that we have in this country, I think you have some over in England as well, called functional doctors. The difference is a functional doctor is a root cause doctor. Um, she, she went to Yale, she was a full MD, but she got sick and went for additional certification in functional medicine. And when I found her, between eliminating all of the toxins that I was already actively doing and seeing a root cause doctor where I joke I'm an onion where she keeps pulling layers off of me and discovering things that we can do that will help heal my body. I am going to be 70 in a month. I'm feeling fantastic. Most of my inflammation is gone and all of my pain is gone. So I'll always have autoimmune disease, but I don't have to live a life of pain and pills and neither does anyone else. And out of interest, Cheryl, what kind of tests did they they run? Because the ones I can think of is blood tests. There are um, conventional doctors don't run the test, and I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but there is a test that my functional doctor ran for Ig markers, which is where it shows that I actually have autoimmune disease. And what's interesting is there are now 140 different autoimmune diseases, Um, mine happens to be undefined because I joke that I'm a Chinese menu. I have some things from column A, some things from column B, some things from column C. They don't really know all the different things that go into the different kinds of autoimmune disease, but they now consider it one large disease. And the way to start to approach it is always the same, whether it ends up being MS or lupus or undefined like mine, you start by healing your gut. 
and um, leaky gut is what causes your body to attack itself. So the approach is all the same, but there is a test where you can see where your body's getting attacked. And so my doctor knew that it was in my muscles and my joints, even though it's not fibromyalgia, it was similar enough to fibromyalgia that we treated it like it was fibromyalgia. And some of it is in my lower abdomen, which would be something like Crohn's disease. But I don't have Crohn's disease. I just have the markers that show that I was headed in that direction. And I was lucky because since I didn't want to put up with the fact that there was no cure and I dove into it, it what happens with autoimmune disease is when you get one, there's something called multiple symptoms. You start getting others. So you can get multiple autoimmune diseases unless you heal your gut. So I was lucky that I started to heal it right away and I found somebody who could help me do that. And in terms of gut health of the listeners that don't know it, the kind of the uh, what would I, how would I word this? Um, kind of the stuff you would be recommending would be a, either a pre or a probiotic, wouldn't it, to, to help with gut? Well, gut that's one of them. First, you have to eliminate what's causing your gut to be leaky. And what causes your gut to be leaky is a variety of things. It could be that you don't have enough good gut bacteria. It could be that you're not feeding your gut bacteria with what's called prebiotics. It could be all the toxins that I eliminated. And literally, I was appalled because there were hundreds of them. It could be parasites. It could be stress, which is aggravating you so much that you're not properly digesting your food. And what causes leaky gut is you don't get your food digested to the right size particle, and your gut wall is only one cell thick. So if the food starts ramming up against your gut wall, and it eventually pokes a hole through the gut wall and goes into your bloodstream in the wrong size particle. And since it's, the, it's too big, your immune system doesn't identify it and it screams attack. And then something really interesting happens. If I'm a young, I go back to school and become a biochemist because I find this all very fascinating. When that food particle is in your blood and your immune system starts to attack it, it starts to mimic wherever you're weak in your body. So for me, it was my muscles and my joints. For somebody else, it might be their thyroid and become either Hashimoto's or Graves' disease. For somebody else, it could be their skin and become eczema or psoriasis. For somebody else, it could become their gut and become IBS. Each one of us, it could be depression, which is caused by leaky gut. It could be Parkinson's disease. There's a whole bunch of diseases now that are all being attributed to leaky gut. So you got to you have to close the hole and heal your gut. So the first thing you have to do is find whatever was causing it in the first place. So you need to get rid of the toxins. You need to lower your stress. You need to get seven full hours of sleep because that can cause leaky gut because you're not properly functioning. So you do all of those things. And then um, I started taking something called glutathione because my liver was tired. It couldn't keep up with me. So it was no longer making enough glutathione for me to heal my gut by myself because I had aggravated it beyond the point that it could keep up. So I started taking glutathione and that helped heal my gut. I do breathing exercises, which have lowered my parasympathetic nervous system so that my stress level is way reduced. 
I had my own business and I thought it was good that I was so stressed, but being chased by a tiger 24-7 is not a good thing. So I've learned how to calm that all down. Uh, and I know it works because my doctor can't get over how low my pulse is now when I go to see her because I do the breathing exercise while I'm sitting in traffic in Los Angeles. So my blood pressure was always sky high and now it's calm. So you do all of those things to give your body a chance to heal. And by eating organic food, um, one of the things I've learned is that medicine is not going to a doctor. Medicine is food. If you give your body the right building blocks, your body wants to heal you. And so by eating correctly, which I was not doing, um, my body is happy. And it took, well, the other big thing that I did was my functional doctor ran something called a sensitivity test. My conventional doctor looked for allergies, and the only thing I was allergic to was the tape that held the allergy on my back. My functional doctor tested for sensitivities, and I had 18 of them. And sometimes people approach it with an elimination diet to find them. That would not have worked for me because most of my sensitivities are not the normal culprits. I am sensitive to all kinds of herbs, which is really rare. So I can't have mint or sage or fennel. Um, or mustard. So by eliminating these 18 things, so the ones that were the normal culprits were dairy and soy, but by, and, and, I'm a, and I'm sensitive to chicken. I used to eat so much chicken, I thought I was going to cluck. But the problem was I ate so much chicken that when the rip began in my gut, that was one of the first things that was going into my bloodstream in the wrong size molecule. So that was something that was triggering my immune system to go off to attack me. So no more chicken for me. By eliminating those 18 food sensitivities, a large portion of my pain was gone right from the beginning. So that was kind of amazing. But there were other things wrong with my body that I never would have found had I not gone through this process. I took the 23andMe test which people take to find out what their genealogy is. I didn't know that it came with a full history of what was in my genetics. And my doctor knew how to read the data. One of the things we discovered right off the bat is that I have something called MTHFR, which means I have no folate in my body, and what goes in my body stays in my body. So I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my joke was always that I was allergic to Pittsburgh because every time we moved when I was four for my health, but every time we went back to visit family, we'd get within 50 miles of, of Pittsburgh and I would be a rash from head to toe. Well, it ends up, I really kind of was allergic to Pittsburgh because I remember them oiling the streets when I was little to keep the coal dust and the steel dust down. And all of that toxic metal that went into my body stayed in my body and lodged itself in my bones and my fat. And so as it began to leach out, that was one of the reasons that I was getting sick. So getting all of that stuff detoxed out of me has been part of my journey for the last five years. And we got all the heavy toxic metals and I was like, Eureka, I had every toxic metal known to man in my body. But now that I'm three years away from finishing that detox, they're still starting to leach out from my bones and my fat. So we're probably going to do another middle detox down the road. But what we've been concentrating on lately was getting rid of mold, which I was loaded with. So I did a sort of a traditional mold detox, which was a compounded um, 
like medicine that made me sick as a dog and it did not get the mold. So we then approached it by having me drink a green drink every morning and that got 80% of the mold. So that's going to be something I'll do for the rest of my life. And it's parsley and spinach and ginger and lemon. And I throw in an orange that I do just with the pith on it. I take the skin off. Um, so that's my green drink every morning. And believe it or not, that grabbed the mold and got it out of my body. Had no idea where I got the mold, but it was there. So we're working on that. Next up is going to be, I'm loaded with pesticides and herbicides. So I don't know what we're going to do for that. But um, I'm sure everybody is pretty aware of what glyphosate is doing to our body. There was just a landmark lawsuit case one, that the guy got $289 million because it's Roundup, which was being is being sprayed on all our crops. It's not getting washed off. Um, that's one of the reasons why it's so important to eat organic. You don't need a healthy dose of herbicides with your food, but it's also being sprayed on our school lawns and our parks, and it's everywhere. And so avoiding as much of that as possible is important because it actually blocks important minerals from being absorbed in your body, which means that you can't stay, you know, things like magnesium, which is important for 325 different enzyme reactions in your body. I have, I have so much glyphosate in me that I was blocking that. So I take extra magnesium because it's so important to the body. So the body's really an interesting place. And if you take good care of it, it does want to be healthy. So you know, here I am at 70, feeling pretty darn good. So, so Cheryl, you talked about the, the prebiotics and the probiotics and initially. Most people would know what a, pre, uh, sorry, a probiotic is nowadays and how to get it into their diet. What's, What's a prebiotic? Prebiotic are foods that you eat. You just have to make sure you eat more of them because you have hungry little gut bacteria down there and they need to be fed. So prebiotics are onions, garlic, jicama, um, Jerusalem artichokes, um, regular artichokes. All of those things are prebiotics. So they're really good for you because when you eat them, then they go down and they feed your good bacteria. And you want to have the right balance of good. We all have a little bit of bad gut bacteria, but we want to grow a healthy portion of the good gut bacteria. So it's important to feed them. That was I knew about probiotics, but I didn't know about prebiotics. So I found that fascinating. What What would you do if you have um, well an intolerance to say onions? Would you just then you make sure you cook with garlic. So would you substitute it out completely and just eat the others or yeah you would if, if you have a sensitivity to it stay away from it because your body is not reacting positively to anything you have a sensitivity to and sensitivities cause inflammation so being aware of what your sensitivities are and paying attention to your body is really important i had all kinds of signs that i was getting sick long before I got hit with the two by four. But I was so busy, they were sort of flitting past my mind without me thinking about them. Had I started paying attention, and had I reacted before I hit disease, it would have been so much better for me. But first, I couldn't be around anybody wearing a lot of cologne, because I knew it made me sick. 
Then my mascara started bothering me, and I couldn't find any mascaras that didn't make my eyes get all itchy. Then it was my um, antiperspirant. I couldn't use any antiperspirant. Some made me blister, some made me rash. And I finally found one that's a clay that was made by a woman with lupus that she developed because she had a problem with all of her underarm deodorant. Then I woke up one morning and my tongue and my lips were completely swollen. I almost couldn't swallow. Luckily, I could. My eyes were swollen. And by deduction, I figured out that was fabric softener, which is, by the way, one of the most toxic things in your home. Had I paid attention to all of that and started studying then, I might not have reached the point where I, my toxic load went over the top and I got autoimmune disease. So... You need to be aware of what your body is telling you. And then when you start to pay attention to it, then pay attention to what makes you feel good and what makes you not feel so good because your body will tell you. Um, when I eliminated my 18 sensitivities, I couldn't believe how good my body felt. And I realized I hadn't been feeling good for a very long time. I just wasn't paying attention to it. And little things like there were mornings when I looked in the mirror when I was all puffy and mornings when I looked in the mirror when I thought I looked pretty good. That was a sign of inflammation, but I didn't pay attention to it. And I didn't connect the dots that that was what was going on. So the body, the body tells you. So once you start to listen to it and you start to eat real food, no more processed food. I eat very little processed food. I eat no fast food at all, which has absolutely no food benefit to your body at all. Um, when you start to eat real food, your body is happy and it tells you that. And you start feeling pretty darn terrific, which makes it worth it. <laughs> so. So if we now move on to you writing your book, was it in a way you just telling your story? in a written format? Um, when I started feeling good, I decided that I wanted to help other people who are being told that their illness is in their head. So I went back to go to coaching school. I have a BA from Berkeley, but I wanted to have some kind of a credential that showed I know what I'm talking about, about health. So while I was getting, while I was doing all my research, I set up file folders on my computer and every article that I found that I learned something that helped my health, I filed it away in all these little file folders on my computer. So when I graduated from coaching school, they offered a write your own book course. And my book was sitting there waiting to be written. So I started in November and I wrote a 400 page book by January 15th. Wow. I sometimes think I channeled it it just came out of me and I organized it by first food and all the different parts of food. And then I went into cosmetics, toxins in your home, toxins in your kitchen. The most toxic thing in your house are the little pods that we use to wash our dishes or our clothes. If an infant were to pick one of those up and eat it, you might not even get him to the emergency room. They're that toxic. But all of our cleaning supplies are loaded with toxins, and all of that stuff goes through your skin, which is your largest organ. So um, there's a whole section on toxins in your home, how I store my food has changed, 
what I cook my food with. I was using a Teflon fry pan, which I really didn't want to give up because I like the fact that food didn't stick on it. And then I read how it wasn't just that the little pieces of Teflon were going into my body, but gases were coming off of it that were poisoning me every time I cooked with it. So um, I now have all stainless steel pots and pans. And so I have a fry pan that is enamel so that it's not putting any chemicals into my body, but it also has to be replaced like every eight months because once it starts getting scratched, it's scratched down to the aluminum and that's not good for you. So, but that's how I solved the Teflon issue. And I read an article where the Teflon factory, not only is everybody near the factory sick, but all the birds died. So that's a pretty good indication of just how poisonous that stuff is. And then the whole last section of my book is on what I call toxins of the mind, toxic stress and what to do about it, toxic lack of sleep. There's a new book out by a group of researchers at Berkeley called Why We Sleep. And they believe that sleep is even more important to health than lowering your stress because that seventh hour of sleep is when you clean all the plaque out of your brain that's going to eventually cause dementia. Whoa, did I concentrate on getting my full seven hours after that? And then anxiety, which Dr. Amon calls ants, how to deal with ants. And they, you know, anxious thoughts are sort of like ants. They're annoying little things that you have to figure out how to get rid of. I was in a toxic relationship when I got sick, so there's a whole chapter on toxic relationships. And as painful as it was to break up in order to be able to get healthy, I found an unbelievable man that wanted to go on a wellness journey with me, and I married him three years ago. So there is a blessing to all of this when you figure out that you're worth more than being in a toxic relationship. There's somebody out there to partner with you that wants to support you in that journey. And then the last part of the book is what I call toxic lack of movement, because I've never been somebody who liked to exercise. But I have found two things that I really enjoy. One is a Tao form of yoga, which does all three of the things you need to do um, with not huge movement, but it does aerobic by bouncing, which gets my heart beat up. It does resistance and it does stretching. So I'm in much better shape now that I'm doing this Tao yoga. And it also works with the ethereal body, which is great in terms of peaceful energy that you create for yourself. And then I bought what I call my mini trampoline. I have a rebounder, which I tape country western music every Sunday morning. I talk the top 20. Not a big country fan, but I'm becoming one because I can tape all of that and then bounce to it for a half an hour in the morning, which clears all the sludge out of my lymph system, um, which helps keep me well because your heart has a your heart has the motor, but your lymph system doesn't. So you need to move to help it flush out all of the crud that it's picking up around your cells during the day and get it out of your body. So it's a whole how to get well, get rid of the toxins in all phases of your life kind of approach. And um, I hired a great illustrator. You can see the jubilant broccoli behind me. That was me when I got well. I put fun illustrations throughout the book because the book is dry. It's about toxins. So I want you to be able to go from chapter to chapter with a little bit of a smile while you're learning. And it's set up so that I have the key points at the beginning of every chapter. And if you buy the book, it comes with a workbook. 
because in the beginning people said it's overwhelming, I can't do this, I cannot eliminate hundreds of toxins. It's every toxin you eliminate is one step closer to health. So I made a workbook so that as you read the book, you print that chapter's workbook and you write down what you find because I tell you not only what I found that was toxic, but what I replaced it with. So you write it down and when you run out of the old toxic item, you go buy the new one that lowers your toxic load significantly by replacing something that was toxic. It took me five years to eliminate all these toxins and you can do that too. It's not so daunting when you do it systematically. And I love the, the adage you used on your website, the old adage, do you want to eat to live or live to eat? And that actually got me thinking uh, f from my point of view, as in, well, what, what do you put priority in terms of how you want to live? And I think right. that's probably where modern society has got things the wrong way around. Well, and people are always asking my husband and I, are we deprived? In all honesty, I was deprived before I started eating this well because I didn't realize how lousy I was feeling for all those years. And we are anything but deprived now, although I still do, I cook all my own food pretty much now, but especially with the 18 food sensitivities. It's a little tricky to eat out, although I did go to England and I did find healthy restaurants that cooked around them for me. Um, you can do it, but it's easier if you cook your own food. But I make treats. I just don't make, I just am not eating all the stuff that was processed that has all the hidden MSG in it and all the hidden sugar in it. If I make a treat, it's with coconut sugar, which is easier on my um, blood sugar level and um, I use almond flour instead of wheat that's loaded with glyphosate and chemicals so you learn a new way to treat yourself but the big treat is that you feel so darn good and my husband said to one person I am not only not deprived and he said well you do know you're going to die someday don't you and John said yeah but I want to die happy I want to go all the way to the end feeling great and that's what this has done you can't imagine the night and day. John has lost 80 pounds since we've been together. He says he feels better than he did at the end of his 40s. He's now 73. So, you know, there are huge rewards for eating this way. So, yeah, you have to decide what are your priorities. And when people, I talk a lot locally to people about cleaning up their food. And when, um, where was I going with this? You have to decide that food matters and your body matters and it's your priority and if you eat this way you may start doing it because it's your priority because you got sick but when you start feeling good it's really easy to maintain it because you want to keep feeling this way um, one of the early things that i discovered when i was researching is that if you're overweight it's because you are not feeding your body what it needs, and you are actually um, undernourished. And I found that really odd because I was obviously eating plenty of food. What did it mean that I was undernourished? Well, I wasn't getting all of the minerals and the benefits, um, the vitamins that you get from real food. And if you don't give your body that, you are not nourished. And so once you begin to nourish your body is when your body starts feeling good again. Yeah, I think you raised a good point there, Cheryl, in terms of, you, you know, you, you took out wheat out of your, your, your diet. What would you do then for replacing things like porridge 
uh, muesli and granola, which is very much wheat-based. Um, granola, we don't eat a lot of because there's so much sugar in it unless I make it myself. We do eat oatmeal, but we only eat organic oatmeal. And we don't eat as much as we used to. Um, and Bob's Mill, which was the organic oatmeal we were eating, just found out he's got tons of glyphosate even in his oatmeal. So you still have to be careful. It's about toxic load. So there's going to be times when you're doing the best you can and you still didn't get to the goal because something weird goes on, like it has a lot of glyphosate in it. But as you eliminate as many of the toxins that you can control, then the fact that we got that glyphosate in us didn't impact the way we felt. Although we now, I have found a new oatmeal that does not, that's organic, that does not have that in it. Um, pretty much for breakfast, we eat um, free-range pastured chicken eggs, which in this country is Vital Farms. They taste better, and they don't have all of the stress hormones in them from the poor chickens that are caged in close areas, and they don't have the hormones in them. All of that stuff makes you sick. So you want to get as close to the way they're supposed to be, like your grandparents used to farm, um, as possible. And in this country, we've gotten much further away from that than your country. Um, I was amazed at how much healthier food was in England, and it's more transparent. I know you still eat a lot of stuff that comes from us, which is not healthy, um, and we all can clean up, but at least you're not fighting the uphill battle that everything and its uncle is okay to go into our food system here, which it shouldn't be. And um, when I'm out talking, I'm trying to get everybody to join me because if we join together, the um, Institute for Responsible Technology believes it will only take a 5% shift in buying habits before big companies start to pay attention that we're moving in a different direction than they are. And that from when I began, six years ago to today has started to happen. Um, some of the big food companies are starting to pay more attention to what goes into their foods because they've found out that they're going to make money if they do that instead of giving us all the cred that they've been giving us. So being aware, and MSG, which is so god-awful for us, is now out there in processed food under 29 different names because we all know MSG isn't good for us. So what are we going to do about that if we're a food company? We're going to put it under 29 different names so that you can't identify it when you're reading a box label. So my rule about processed food is you read the label, and if you don't know what it is, you don't buy it. And if you can't pronounce it, you don't buy it, because those are ingredients that are not good for you. So if it says something like natural flavors, I don't know what that is, so I'm not putting it in my body. And what it probably is, is MSG. And MSG does all, it's a neurotoxin. It does all kinds of damage to our bodies. And beyond that, if you have a weight, I don't believe in dieting anymore. I believe in cleaning up your food. But if you're eating MSG or sugar or a lot of the synthetic ingredients that are in processed food, it turns off a hormone that is in your brain that regulates your appetite called leptin and if you turn off that hormone you're always hungry whether you're full or not because you're addicted to those things and when you get away from them like I went through a sugar detox 
that was like detoxing off of cocaine, I think. I was <laughs> sick as a dog for three weeks. But when I came out the other end, not only am I not hungry all the time anymore, I don't crave sugar anymore. And when I go to the grocery store, I can smell it in all the aisles. And it's like, oh, yuck, because I don't have that connection to it where I'm craving it all the time. So that makes it much easier to eat healthy and drop the weight. But MSG does the same thing to you. But out of interest, Cheryl, what, what did you do during that detox with fruit? Because that is a natural sugar. Did you have to get rid of that yes, as well? Yes, I gave up everything except for berries and green apples because they're very low in sugar. So that makes the three weeks while you're detoxing off the sugar easier to do because you are getting the sweetened. I'm lucky I live in California, so I can get fresh berries all year long. But there are some great organic berries now that are frozen that you can use. And once you get out the other end, those are also the fruits I still concentrate on. I might occasionally enjoy an organic peach or an organic plum, but pretty much I try to stick to the lower end of the sugar because that also can trigger your desire to eat a lot of sugar. But what you need to get rid of are all the fake sugars, the blue packet, the pink packet, and the yellow packet. The fake sugars do all kinds of damage to your body. They do different damage than the white stuff. Um, the blue packet's a neurotoxin. The yellow packet kills off all your gut bacteria, but leaves the unhealthy ones growing like crazy. You need to get rid of those. And then cane sugar, fructose, all of that stuff is really god awful for you. So you need to get rid of that. And when you're you when you want sweet, or when I bake, I use coconut sugar, I use honey, and I use maple syrup, not in large amounts, but enough to satisfy my sweet tooth. And you get trace elements of healthy things when you're using those sugars. So it's giving your body goodness instead of just crud. I think that's some, some good sound advice. And then Obviously, you were talking about you, you're not a big fan of exercise, and this is what I did love about what your comment you said. It was movement for, pe uh, movement for people that hate exercise. What are the certain things that you recommend for people that hate exercise? Because we're all going to be there at that stage at one or another. Right. Well, the best thing you can do, which I don't really enjoy, is get out into nature and walk. Um, if you can get out of nature and walk, even if it's only for a half an hour, you're moving your body, plus you're out of nature, which clears your mind, brings you happiness, brings you joy, depending upon where you walk. It can, you know, pick some place that's wonderful and get out there and enjoy it. We just bought a second home in Sedona, which is one of the most spectacular places on earth. So now we are getting out and hiking in the red rocks and along the river or the creek where just being in nature is so good for your mind, body, and soul. That's a great way to do it. I strongly recommend yoga. The Tao form of yoga that we do is worldwide. Um, and I, it's, it's a great place for a couple of reasons. Number one, we get all three important parts of exercise, which is the resistance, the stretching, and the aerobic. You need to get your heart rate going. But it's also a great community of people that we enjoy being around. So community is important to health. So it brings all of that together because the bigger and more 
joyful your community, the healthier your life is. So you have to find something that you enjoy and then you have to do it. Um, it's easy now that I have this lovely husband that wants to do it with me, but whether you do or not, find a friend that wants to take a walk with you every day or some kind of form of exercise that you enjoy. And I wasn't good at standing like a tree. I don't have enough balance to do regular yoga, but this kind of yoga is good for me because it does get my heartbeat going and still gives me the resistance and the stretching that my body needs to stay young. So everybody can find something that they enjoy that's right for them. So it's a matter of finding that and then doing it consistently. And out of interest, uh, Cheryl, have you, have, have you or had you thought about trying Pilates? Um, I have a little bit, but it wasn't something I didn't do it consistently. I didn't enjoy it enough to get there. So for me, it wasn't a great solution. But I have girlfriends that do it and absolutely love it. So for some people, it is the right solution. For me, I truly was somebody who didn't like to exercise, so I had to keep looking. And I do love my little mini trampoline. Um, it's kind of fun that I go through the top 20 country western songs. I do like 10 in a half an hour session, and then I do the other 10 the next day. And you get so that you really like them, and then the next week you get a new variety. Some of the ones you really liked are still on the top, 10, on the top 20 list. But just... And you don't have to jump high. You just have to bounce so that your lymph system gets rid of all its crud. And that is an enjoyable way to get my heartbeat up a little bit and to clear all the toxins out of my body. So for me, that was a second great solution. And I do that every day. And then my probably penultimate question to you, Cheryl. Obviously, you live in Los Angeles. Is it kind of from a health perspective, living in California, a, a curse, but also a strength to live in there because you have so much traffic, but you, you're not far from the beach, the mountains. So is it kind of um, a catch-22 living in that state? There are big pluses and big negatives. I don't live in a city. I live in a suburban area, which I call normal LA. So it's a little less stressed. And my office is only 15 minutes away from my house. So I'm not spending a lot of time in traffic, which is a huge relief because I have spent hours in traffic here getting to work. My doctor is an hour away. So that's when I do my breathing exercise to make sure that my blood pressure is staying low. And that's working. She's amazed at how good my pulse is when I arrive there. Because in the beginning, my blood pressure was always sky high. And I kept saying, but it's not that high on a normal basis. And now that I'm doing the breathing exercise, she believes me because I'm much calmer and my pulse is much lower. So yes, there are disadvantages of living in LA, but there's also advantages. We have unbelievably great weather. Um, I have a farmer's market that has great vegetables and fruits um, every week that I can go to. And I've gotten very fond of the people who are at the farms that I buy from. There's also a new service that is delivering in Los Angeles called Imperfect Produce, which is all of the vegetables that have little hiccups that they couldn't sell, but they're right from the farm. There's, they're loaded with nutrients and they're half the price of organic food. So that's been a huge find, and they deliver it. I get to customize the box to what I want, and it shows up on my doorstep once a week. So that's terrific, and that's because I'm in Los Angeles. Um, so there's, there's good things and bad things. We have the toxic air here 
So, and the new thinking is that the air inside your house is even more toxic than the air outside your house. So we put air filters all around the house that get a lot of that stuff out. And I have another kind of filter in addition in my office, because I think this may be where I was getting the mold. So I have a filter that takes mold out of the air in my office to try to keep that down so that my body can get healthy. Um, so LA has, and you know, when we have fires, um, I'm right in front of 5,000 foot mountains. I live along the mountain base here. So when we get fires, it comes down and sits in the basin and then I get sick. I have what's called a flare to my autoimmune disease when all that toxic stuff is in the air. So having filters in the house at least gets it out of my house as quickly as possible because we seem to be having more and more fires around here. But yes, I'm only an hour away from the beach so I can go walk and enjoy. I find the water incredibly soothing. So if I have anything that I'm contemplating that I need to relax about, I'll go to the beach and walk out on one of the piers and just let my mind free so that I can calm it down and find solutions. You know, I'm very close to all kinds of fantastic, right on top of my 5,000 foot mountain is Mount Wilson. And you go down the road along the top of the mountain and there's skiing. So you can go up there and enjoy snow. You know, I'm, I'm kind of living in paradise. And now that we bought the house in Sedona, we have a different kind of paradise there. So I'm really very blessed. Um, so life is good. But everybody can find things that can soothe their soul like I have here. They just have to adjust it to wherever they live in the world. And you mentioned you can have toxins in your home. Is that more conducive of air conditioning units, be it in obviously hotter climates? You want to keep your air conditioning filters clean. Um, I wasn't doing that before I got sick. So now I get them replaced every three months so that whatever's coming through there is as clean as possible. But it's also a product of the outside air getting trapped inside. And so you know, it just keeps building up toxins. So you got to get all of that stuff cleaned out. Um, and we just, um, we bought the house in Sedona partly because I had to replace all the pipes in my house because the house is 60 years old. And so they were galvanized. And so since we were doing that, we did a remodel on the inside of the house and I found non-toxic paint, non-toxic carpeting, um, I redid a couple of pieces of furniture without all the coatings on the fabric that add to the toxins in the house. I'm looking for toxins in all levels of my life that I can eliminate because all of that stuff does off-gassing, which makes us sick. That creates the toxic air in the house. So you start to be cognizant of all the different places that you, and yeah, no more fake sense. If I want to have some kind of a nice smelling thing in my house, I use essential oils in a diffuser. You know, no more of the brands that take the odors out of your house because believe it or not, they're poisoning you while they're making it smell nice. You don't need that. All the scented candles and all that stuff. Fragrances that are synthetic are poisons. And so they're going into your body as well. So you start being really cognizant of where the, where the toxins are that you can eliminate and yet still have, I mean, I love essential oils. So that takes care of the problem only if my body likes it. 
And I no longer use any over-the-counter drugs at all. I have found natural solutions for all that stuff. So if I have a headache, I take curcumin, which is the active ingredient from turmeric. Works like a charm. I used to have horrific hay fever. And didn't matter which of the hay fever pills I took, I still had terrible hay fever. And I ended up taking Benadryl, and then I wrote a, read an article that that was going to cause dementia. So no more over-the-counter hay fever pills or even pharmaceutical hay fever pills. Now I take something called Quisertin. It's another antioxidant that's a pill with benefits instead of a pill with downsides. It helps heal your gut. Your kidneys love it. Your liver loves it and your heart loves it. So Quisertin not only is better for hay fever, which I almost don't have any of all anymore, but it also is body healthy. So there are solutions to all this stuff. And I point all that stuff out in the book because, you know, things like if you're taking an antacid because you have what my family called agita all the time, stomach um, reflux, you need to start eating a more alkaline diet, which is vegetables, and you don't have too much acid, you have too little. So by taking all of those medications, you're causing more trouble. So by eating alkaline, you calm down the fire that's causing your reflux, and you don't have the problem anymore. And on the rare occasion that I eat, sometimes tomatoes will do it to me, that I take just a little bit of baking soda in a glass of water, and shebang, it's gone. You don't need all those chemicals, because all of those chemicals and all of those pills give you something and do something bad for you. Um, I couldn't take aspirin because I was allergic to it as a child. So my whole life I took Tylenol. So guess where one of the weakest places in my body is? My liver. And they've now decided that Tylenol is much harder on the liver than they ever dreamt. And it's also hard on the kidneys. So no more. I don't need that stuff. I have found a natural solution so that I don't have to take any of that stuff anymore. And that's huge. Even all the Vaseline products, I found a company that makes the same products, only it makes them with avocado oil. And so you get all the benefits, you know, the, the vapor rub, all of that stuff. They make it with avocado oil. So it's, you're not getting the impurities from the oil industry in your products that you're trying to use. Plus, it's blocking your pores. Um, they do all kinds of negative things to your body. Well, the avocado oil doesn't do any of that. And so there are ways to clean all that stuff and be healthy and use products that help your body instead of hinder it. And my final question to you, Cheryl, before we wrap up the episode, is if you had to summarize what we've been speaking about today into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? No matter what anybody says to you, own your own life. If you own your own health, you don't have to go down that rat hole. So yes, we all need our medical doctors, but own your own body and do your own research and find solutions that may not have anything to do with a pharmaceutical. There are other solutions. And if you own your own body and you start paying attention to it, then you can have health no matter what. So own your own health. That's huge. But own your own life in every way. You know, don't let barriers stop you. Don't let somebody tell you you can't do something because if you really want to do it, you can find a way to get over that barrier. So that's what I really want everybody to take away about all aspects of their life. Whatever you want to do, own it and find a way to make it happen. My new favorite word is choose. 
Choose to be healthy. Choose to be successful. Choose to have the life you want to have. It's a choice. And once you choose, that's where the magic is. So once again, Cheryl, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Game podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And before I forget, I would really appreciate it if you would be so kind as to leave a short review as it helps to get the podcast more notoriety and it would be more visible in future to others and thus helping more people, which my guests and I are all about. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast. Oh, my God.